How's, how's the past two days been for people who have been here? Is it challenging y'all a little bit? Challenge your thinking? How do y'all like my questions? The questions I ask you? You like the questions I ask you? Yeah? Especially what? Especially the tricky questions? This is one of them. <laughs> so this morning, um, I was waking up, I was talking to God about what to share with you today. And he just reinforced that we need to go back to his nature and really solidify this within, within yourselves. Because um, as Daisy and I were talking this morning, we've been up since four this morning. Um, and we started talking about what the Word of God says. And once you understand His nature, it's what connects everything else. Okay? And I'll, I'll explain that as we go through the session this morning. And so, I'm just going to ask you the question, who are you? Who are you? Okay? So we'll start right here with Anthony. Who are you? Anthony, that's your name. Who are you? Son of God? Okay. You're a spirit? Okay. <laughs> yeah, you can write them down. <laughs> I was just double checking. <laughs> Go ahead. Yep. Son of God? Okay. Same? Son of God? The righteousness of God? Son of God? Okay. Son of God? Image of God. Son of God? Son of God? Same? Son of God? Son of God? Daughter of God? Glory of God? Oh, we're going biblical now. Daughter of God. Okay. Glorious? Daughter of God. Yes, yeah, thoughts, daughter. Hmm. All right, Here comes Madonna, maybe? No, no. Okay. I just saw black hair, and I assumed it was Madonna. I guess. Christ. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Christ-like? All right. Living Jesus, okay. Madonna, who are you? No, no, no. That's your name. Who are you? A son? Okay. 
Sådan gør den, ja. All right. So what was the purpose of me asking you what I'm asking you? Hmm? What's the purpose? Why did I ask you that? Because <laughs> I want to know if you know your identity. Okay? A lot of people, what they will respond to you is what they do. All right? So understand, when you ask people, who are you? They'll say, I'm a farmer. I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a businessman. Y'all did a great job. You started off the right way. It's peaking a little bit. And turn it down. Thank you. Yeah, so these are very good answers, right? So are, you, are you made in the image of God? Absolutely. Your righteousness of God? Absolutely. Spirit? <laughs> Your spirit, soul, and body. <laughs> You're not just a spirit, right? But yes, it's still technically correct. Okay, I'll give you that one. Son of God, daughter of God, yes, right? The glory of God, it says man is the glory of God, so that is correct. Glorious, Christ-like, just like Jesus, living like Jesus, right? So all those are correct. So as I was talking with God this morning, he, he asked me several questions to give you, okay? This is the first one. My next question for you is, what is your purpose? What is your purpose? Yeah, you can, can raise it. What is your purpose? Hold on, hold on. Let's let the new people here answer first. <laughs> <laughs> You've been with me for two days now, so you know what I'm doing. <laughs> so the new people, yeah, let's let them answer first. What is your purpose? To fulfill God's will. Okay. Share gospel, make disciples, okay? To be a son, okay? And what it, to love? Okay. All right. We'll ask people who've been here. Go ahead. Have a relationship with him. Okay. You'll say last. Okay. <laughs> to glorify God. Okay. Relationship. Express nature and character of God, okay? 
Fellowship with God? Relationship? Prepare the way for the return of God or for Jesus, right? Madonna? To glorify God? Lavita? To do the will of God? Ganesh? To walk with the Lord. Hmm. Hmm. She's still writing. I'll let her finish. Very interesting. It's a very general question, right? Many ways you can answer this question. But there's something I want you to draw your attention to. What is your purpose? What is your purpose? Yeah, I'm not asking what God's purpose is for you. I'm asking you, what is your purpose? This is one of the the questions people ask themselves on a regular basis. If you can answer this question, you know how you fit into God's plan. You understand what I'm saying? So all these answers, are they correct? Yes, they're correct. But none of you actually answered the question. What is your purpose? What did God put you on this earth to do? You specifically. What is Jim gonna, his purpose for Jim that I can't fulfill? What is Castro's purpose here? Right? What is your purpose for being here? Is it to go to work every day, make somebody rich, go home, live your life? And go into this endless cycle and it doesn't matter. We just eat and drink and tomorrow we die. What is your purpose? Are you doing all these things? Day in, day out, that's all you think about? Hmm? Is it real to you? Is it what you breathe? Is it what your thoughts always go to? What is your purpose? I want you to think. See, the problem is in the church today is that people are taught not to think. Especially you don't think for yourself. Right? Just accept whatever the pastor, whatever the teacher, the prophet, evangelist, the whoever's up on the pulpit saying, just accept what they say and don't challenge it. And that's what's led to so many issues in the church today. Because a lot of what they say will actually violate scripture. It will violate the word of God. So it's not the very heart of God. And God wants you to know why he put you here. Why did he put you specifically here? A lot of you really realize or not, the prophecy, the word I gave you yesterday is a big part of it. Because that's what I ask God. When I'm going to prophesy over somebody, I ask, 
what do you want to tell them? You want me to tell them their purpose? You want me to encourage them? What do you want me to tell them? What do you want me to convey to them? Right? You see the difference? We've been taught that our plans have no meaning. Like, they don't matter. But doesn't, you know, Proverbs say, or even Habakkuk, write down the vision, make it plain, that people can read it and they can run with it? You go to Proverbs, it says, or even Psalms, right? It says, um, man, I'm, I'm, I have them popping in my head and I just can't even quote them now. Um, it's like, um, how does it go? Basically, it says you make your plans, but God, God is the one who directs your path. Right? So it's, right? So in everything that you do, God wants you to make plans. He does. It's not just to be wispy and, and airboxing, you know, like shadow boxing. You're not fighting anybody. But that's what the church has done because the, the devil has so deceived the church into fighting nothing and claiming it's the devil every single time. It's not the devil. It could be circumstances. Right? Because it rains on the just and the unjust at the same time. What, are you going to fight the rain? Have fun. Right? Think about it. God wants us to make plans. He likes to bless our plans. We can go throughout the, old, the whole Old Testament, and I can show you over and over, Solomon, what did he do? He sat down, he made plans to build the synagogue, the temple, to house the Ark of the Covenant. David made plans to do so, and he didn't fulfill it. Right? But his son fulfilled it. So you see, there's nothing wrong with plans. It's when we use plans over the direction and leading of God that they become wrong. Plans are always a launching pad. You want to write this down? Plans are always a launching pad for the will of God. Plans are always a launching pad for the will of God. Because you can, you can think, well, this is where I wanted to go. This is where, what I wanted to be. You don't have all the details, right? But as soon as you get there, it's already changed into and evolved into what God wants it to be. You, you see what I'm saying? So you don't want to just say, well, no, I'm not going to make any plans at all. Because then you become too legalistic. No, no, no. Legalistic is when you're trying to restrict somebody's heart. You understand what I'm saying? Look at the law. What did the law do? It exposed sin. But what did the Pharisees do? They created all these extra laws on top of it to try to constrict people's hearts to try to make them, make their heart obey God. And they missed it by a mile. Right? 
And so when you look at just how God works and how he operates, you begin to see he doesn't restrict our heart. He exposes our heart. Look at Jesus with the woman they brought in committing the act of adultery, right? What did he do? He exposed their own hearts. He says, he who is without sin cast the first stone. Or whenever he was rebuking the Pharisees, he would tell a parable that exposed the very heart of them, and they knew that Jesus was talking about them. And they would get so mad at them, they wanted to bite them with their teeth. They wanted to bite on Jesus with their teeth. That's pretty mad. I mean, I've been upset, but I don't want to bite anybody. Right? Or you think about Stephen. Stephen told them the truth. Well, who are you to tell us the truth? You hear that today in church, don't you? Especially as trainers. You're revealing truth. You're exposing the hearts of men. That's what you're doing. So don't be afraid to expose the hearts of men by speaking the word of God. This exposes who you are. Your identity must come from the very nature of God. Because what's been taught through a lot of ministries is all the benefits of being a son. Oh, you want to be a son because you can walk in power. Oh, you want to be a son because you can raise the dead. You want to be a son. Wrong motive. Selfishness. Because then they start thinking, oh, I can do this and then I can... I, I can make something of myself by using God. And they miss the complete identity that they have in Christ Jesus because of his nature. He had the very nature of God. This is the key. This is what connects everything. Is knowing the very nature of God because that's what Jesus operated out of. He says, I do what I see my father do. Right? Didn't, didn't he say that? Well then, why do we think, well, we're going to grow up into Jesus and not pay attention to the very nature of the father? He goes, anything I do, I don't do of myself. Right? So what are you saying? So what did he do? He manifested the very works of the Father because of the Father's nature. Not because he had this, in, like this um, power that was external that came on him. And he was just like, just walking around. Electricity is flowing off of his hands. And you can see it like lightning bolts coming off his fingertips. Right? Like the old Carmen song, you know what I'm talking about? Some of you, maybe. <laughs> lightning in his eyes, or fire in his eyes, and lightning on his fingertips. It's a, the lyric of the song. And it's like, so you, you have this false image of God, a false image of Jesus, because you're not looking at the very nature of God from which the power flows through. Right? So for you who, who haven't been here, Talk about light. Does light have to use dominion and authority to push back darkness? It doesn't. 
It just does because it's its nature. So when it starts explaining why Jesus said, go heal the sick. He never told his disciples, go try to heal the sick. He said, go heal the sick. How many of you have gone back to your Bible and you've looked to see what Jesus taught his disciples concerning healing? You won't find anything. Did he model it? Absolutely. But what was he modeling? He was modeling the very nature of God. How much more us model the very nature of God? That's where our identity should come from. Not out of power or, or seeing people healed or raised from the dead or anything else. And if you get your identity from that, then you've already missed it. You've missed it already. Because I can tell you, I can, I can throw a rock and hit other religions and ministries and everything else. They're walking in power. But what does Matthew 7.21 say? Anybody know? 721 and 22. Matthew 7. Depart from me, I never knew you. What's iniquity? Sin. Sin. In other translations, it says lawlessness. But if you go to 1 John 3, it, it defines what lawlessness is. Sin. That's it. So here they were seeing the power of God, but they did not know God. You see this? They didn't know him. They didn't know his nature. They didn't know anything about him. So what do you want? Do you want to just walk? Because they come together. Okay, understand. Can you have the power of God without a relationship with God? Technically, no. You're actually operating under a different power, and that's scary. Right? But if you know his nature and you operate out of his nature, then what? You have both. You have the whole purpose of why God brought us back into reconciliation with himself. Look at Adam and Eve. If we go back to Genesis, you will see we have no idea of how much time passed before the fall. It could have been billions of years. We have zero idea. Because there was no track of time because they weren't going to die. It didn't matter. Right? It was only after a certain time they realized, oh my gosh, I need to start keeping track of time. Because my days are now numbered. 
So what were they doing before the fall? They were walking in complete relationship with God. So what did God create you for? Question? Answer? Relationship? Well, here's the thing. Adam and Eve did not have God living in them. He was just walking with them. Under a new covenant that we have through Christ Jesus, we don't have him just walking with us. We have him living in us. Do you see this? This is the difference of just walking in power compared to walking in relationship. So it doesn't matter how many demons you cast out of people, how many people you see healed, that does not matter. What matters is Luke 10, 20. Don't rejoice, just giving you paraphrasing what's said in that, that passage. Don't rejoice that demons submit themselves to you. Rejoice rather that your name is written in heaven. You can feel anything else in there. Don't, don't rejoice because you raise the dead. Don't rejoice because you see the sick healed. But rejoice rather that your name is written in heaven. How does that happen? How does that happen? How do you get your name written in heaven? Is it by saying a prayer? What is it by? Having a relationship with God. The word repent is, is metanoo. Let me, can you raise something? Yeah. Metanoo in, in Koine Greek. Okay? There's several words for repent in Greek, but the one I'm going to tell you about right now is metanoo, which is where we get the word metamorphosis. Right? So there's a, there's a change. Noo means your understanding, your thoughts. Right? Meta K. Like no. Yeah. K-N-O-E. Yeah, something like that. That's my attempt at spelling Greek, okay? <laughs> so the first part, of, if you break down any word, you see that most words are actually built by a bunch of other words, right? So meta means change. No, your mind. Right? So if we go back, oh, yeah, let's do that. Um, you have an HDMI cable? HDMI? HDMI? We'll, we'll do it after the break. I'll, I'll, I'll take you back to 1 John 1, 9, and I'll show you exactly what it says. Okay? About when it says confess, right? Repent, confess. What it actually says in Greek, I'll show it to you. Very interesting. Very interesting. Not what's taught in the church. And we'll get into that in a bit. So you want to change your mind. So if you actually change your mind in something, you actually repent, what do you think you're going to do? You're no longer going to do it. So is it an emotional response? 
or a decision. It's a decision that can trigger emotional response, right? I, we've always been taught it's, it's sorrow. It's an emotion, right? Well, you need, you need to feel sorry. You need to have, you need to condemn yourself. You need, you need to all do all these things, beat yourself up, condemn yourself because of it. Anybody else heard that? I've heard that. I grew up under that. But what is it saying? It's saying change your mind. This, this same word is used in Acts 2.38. Repent and be immersed, because the word baptized just means immersed, be immersed into the name of Jesus. So talking about God's nature today, I'm going to show you scripture that shows you the importance of being in a name. And being here in India and you're knowing your culture, you're going to get this a lot faster than Americans. Because using the name of Jesus isn't a credit card. Oh, I need a car in the name of Jesus. Oh, yeah, got it. No. It's not like that. And I'll explain. Okay? So knowing who you are, knowing what your purpose is, leads to several things, okay? Just give me a